episode 205 PS Nation podcast, Hotel No Voice Heaven Edition. That's right, we're at GDC. We're wrapping her up, and uh, Josh gets the week off because we have no connectivity in the hotel. So it's just Joel and myself. Joel. Hey, how's it going, everybody? <laughs> at least he has a voice. I have a voice, but I wasn't up on stage singing Man in the Box. So, you, <laughs> well, trying. You got a good excuse. <laughs> oh, man. That was terrible. Yeah, so last night we uh, decided to go out and party with our friend Amanda, uh, who turned 25 yesterday. Yep, we're going to tell the world. So I went out to a karaoke bar last night, and uh, good times were had by most. Once we made it there safely, we had a great time. Oh, boy, yeah. (laughs) San Francisco is very interesting where you can literally not even take a right turn, but like just kind of veer off onto a street, and uh, apparently... Crackheads are harmless, from what we've been told. <laughs> yeah, that's the first time I've ever heard that. I, I, yeah, because you never see them on cops every week. Yeah, no. Crackheads no. never get in any trouble. They don't rob, steal. They're just innocent yeah. people with a innocent problem. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was, yeah, that was an interesting one. It got a little sketchy there for a minute. Yeah, that was different. We were by probably one of the most upscale malls I've ever been by with the Nordstrom's and, uh, <laughs> and these fancy sudden... stores. And then we take a wrong step. Next thing you know, we're in... I don't even know. Crack Row, I guess. <laughs> I think that's what we'll call it from now on, Crack Row. That was crazy. So, obviously, we're going to be a little bit more freeform this week. We're probably not going to do, well, we're not doing emails or anything like that, but I kind of talk about what we saw here at GDC this week and um, talk about a few things because we got to go to a lot of breakout sessions for certain games, and uh, hopefully the audio won't be too bad. Uh, I think we're going to start off, though. We actually got to sit down with James Stevenson from uh, Insomniac Games. And uh, I got to talk to him for a few minutes about <clears throat> both Ratchet & Clank All for One and also Resistance 3, which uh, there is a write-up on the website as well on Resistance 3. So we're going to cut to that. Apologize that the audio sucks uh, because we were in a very busy room and we were kind of on a ghetto setup. So uh, give it a listen. If the audio sucks, it's Josh's fault. <laughs> We are here at GDC 2011 with our good friend James Stevenson from are we really Insomnia. At GDC 2011, we're across well, the street from GDC 2011. Well, that's true. That is true. We're I kind mean, of on the, the fringe w of is GDC. Sort of ground zero for GDC, so it counts, <laughs> I think. Well, what we heard last night is GDC or uh, the W is the what was it the the hub of GD of MRFN. GDC. Yeah, yeah, it's like so much of the hub that you can't like walk through the bar <laughs> or the lobby. Like people that are staying here and don't know what's going on at GDC are like, what is this? Last this is- night was hell. Yeah, you pretty much have to like just you like go and see people if they're there, find them, have one drink, and then leave. Yeah, that's w is just packed. We ended up coming upstairs. We actually just took all our all these chairs up, up here nice. and just hung out because you couldn't even move downstairs. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're ghetto today too. So Joel and I are sharing a mic. So you might hear us passing it back and forth. Uh, but we want to talk to James about two things today. Uh, obviously, Ratchet & Clank, all for one, and um, Resistance 3, which we got to see last night, finally. Yay! Finally. So yes. we got to show it and let people play it. About time. So uh, let's talk Ratchet first. Obviously got to see a little bit of it at PAX, but uh, wasn't hands-on. Got to play a little bit of it yesterday, and uh, very fun. Really a nice graphical upgrade, I think. And uh, I guess just tell us about it. Some people may not know about the game even. Sure. Uh, Ratchet & Clank All for One is a uh, brand new Ratchet & Clank adventure that will be coming out this fall on PlayStation 3. It's uh, the first time we've ever done four-player co-op in a Ratchet & Clank game, and the whole game it revolves around 
Uh, Ratchet, Clank, Quark, and Dr. Nefarious, who have been stranded on a strange alien planet called Magnus. And they were taken there by a strange machine known as the Creature Collector. And now they've arrived, and they ha- don't know how what they're there for or what's going on, and they have to figure out a way to escape the planet. And the only way to do this is if they all work together. So they've kind of this group of unlikely allies that actually really don't like each other that much but have to uh, work together. Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, four-player co-op all on one screen or um, or uh, online or any combination thereof, two and two, three and one, whatever, and uh, drop in, drop out. Uh, and it's a full Ratchet and Clank game. There's story, cinematics, it picks up where the comic books left off. Uh, and, you know, it's definitely kind of the next uh, phase in the Ratchet canon, the next, uh, next beat in the Ratchet canon, if you will. For the, the cooperative, you mentioned there's story, story mode. Is there any multiplayer modes for co-op play outside of the, the campaign? Uh, we're just really discussing, like, you know, we've got this awesome story mode, like, with Ratchet, and that whole story mode is multiplayer online co-op with your friends, so... That's a yes. <laughs> that's a, that's a, we're focusing on our, we're focusing on our story mode, just like we focused on our story mode with the Kraken Time and Tools of Destruction. I see. Well played, Stevenson. I've done this for a while. <laughs> That's true. Um, I totally forgot what I was going to ask you now. <laughs> this podcast well, is no, awesome. You, you were talking about something, and I was like, oh, this is a great question, and now I completely... Oh, is there a way to uh, basically ramp the uh, difficulty per player? Um, yeah, I mean, not totally per player. We're still playing with that. We're gonna we're gonna balance it as much as we can uh, to accommodate different people of different place, uh, you know, playing abilities. Um, I don't know if it'll be like you know one player will be a lot more powerful than someone else if they set it on easy. There may be something like that too. We're we're still tweaking, but we the goal definitely is that if you're playing like you know if it's the kids play video games they want to have their parents play, or if it's the parents play video games they want to get their younger kids playing with them. The game will be really friendly and encourage teamwork and work together. And then if you get a bunch of people who are really good and want to like harass each other and troll each other and throw each other off ledges, you can do that too. So it's really kind of it's a game that any playstyle will work, and we want to make sure that all playstyles are kind of accommodated, and you can have like a really friendly game, casual, or you can have a game where you're just griefing each other and all competing against each other to collect all the bolts and the critters and try and get new weapons and upgrades first and stuff like that. I think we need to do that to Josh. We'll make the plan now because he's not here. Or when we play this game with him. Oh, he never listens to the show. (laughs) That would require him to actually do something. I have to turn something electronic on, but I'm too old. (laughs) Resistance 3. So that was the end of our Ratchet and Clank All for One (laughs) segment. Can you tell him excited coming, to talk uh, about it, Resistance? It's, it's coming out this fall. If you like Ratchet and Clank, you're going to like it very much. <laughs> but we also have this other game coming out. It's pretty uh, freaking cool. Can I swear on your podcast? Definitely. It's pretty fucking cool. Uh, it's called uh, Resistance 3. It's a sequel to a game called Resistance 2. <laughs> That's coming out on September 6th. 
So what is your first question about Resistance 3? My fir- <laughs> Can you ask me how awesome it is? Well, I first want to acknowledge that wonderful segue that you just provided after I, I rudely interrupted and said, Resistance. <laughs> no, it's okay. I understand the excitement around Resistance, and I'm very excited to talk about it. I'm actually very excited about Resistance 3 myself because it's really a lot of fun to play. So Yeah, let's just talk about some of the new features. Sure. Uh, we, we played a little bit of the single player last night. I especially enjoyed the mini-boss. I think you said he was a mini-boss towards the end of that level. Yeah, the Chimeran Brawler. Yeah, kind of walking around on his knuckles. and I, I noticed immediately that he was a pretty intelligent AI character. I was trying to evade him, and he was chasing me around a building, so I thought I'd outsmart him by climbing up the ladder getting on top of the building. And <laughs> uh, He was smarter than that. He climbed right up. So just talk about maybe the AI a little bit. He hopped up. So really with Resistance 3, it's actually been a big point of, um, of effort and focus has been to kind of work on enemy AI behavior, enemy awareness behavior. So um, I think we got some complaints in Resistance 2 and other games where, like, you'd shoot one enemy or take one enemy out, everyone else would be woken up, or you'd cross a line, uh, you know, an invisible line, and all the enemies would wake up and start shooting at you all at once. And so we really wanted to, um, you know, improve upon that. And so... You know, stuff like hiding in the dark will make it harder for enemies to spot you. Enemies might see something, but they won't be fully alerted to you if you're far enough away. And they might kind of be like, huh, and there'll be like a caution state sort of and kind of maybe be looking and, you know, come towards you a little bit. But if you stay out of sight, they'll go back to their normal behavior. Um, And, you know, you can also even if you can stay in the shadows and take guys out one by one, you can silently, you know, take out all the guys. It's not necessarily like a stealth game or you don't have silenced weapons, but you do have the ability to kind of pick off guys one by one if you can not alert the others. Um, on top of that, we want really worked on traversal for enemies. So, like before with Resistance, you know, you had to like kind of in our game, we'd have to map out where they would be able to go. And, uh, you know, you were able to then also you know, not only do we have to map it out, we had to kind of put it on regular surfaces. So if there's a stairwell or a doorway, you could very easily turn that into a choke point, and the AI would just rush this doorway, and they'd all run in, and you just you know kill everyone as they got stuck trying to get through the door together. Um, we totally have like changed that. Now they can jump through windows, they can climb over railings, they can jump off of railings, and they will no longer necessarily run around through a choke point to get to you. They will come whatever way they can to get to the player so uh, you saw that with the brawler like if you go up on the roof he's going to come right up on the roof after you and even if you don't go up on the roof sometimes when players are running around on the ground he'll jump up on the roof and start throwing concrete or stuff at you on the ground so he's um he, he does a lot of things. He's not this, like, scripted boss fight where he goes from certain place to place. It totally depends on what the player's doing, and depending on what the player does, he will react accordingly and uh, fight you accordingly. Um, well, and also what we noticed is, like, the environmental stuff, where you had all the wind flying and the debris flying around. and uh, Some pretty sick particle even, effects. Yeah, even when the dropship came down and you could kind of see all the dust flying around and... And it was actually reacting to it. It wasn't just some kind of canned animation. So is that something that you're probably going to see all the way through the game? or? Um, I mean, maybe not, you know. I, not every single step. But. Right. Like, the thing is, whenever you do something like, I mean, obviously our particle effects are awesome. Our effects are really good. We've been putting a lot of work on posts and effects, like a lot of focus on that polished stuff, like post effects, lighting, uh, having like really, being able to do gratuitous things that are awesome like that. Uh, you want to have like that crazy moment because the terraformer's right there and shit's going to complete hell and haven. It's you know this thing that's basically a giant like storm is coming right on top to wipe the town off the map, and you want to have that. You've and you know you guys saw a slice, but you're building up to that a little bit, and so it's a sort of it really helps punctuate that moment. 
that said, like our weather systems and our particle effects, all that kind of stuff is throughout the entire game. I think you even see that in the prison a little bit with kind of the lighting and sort of the particles in oh the air. Oh, my God, yeah. So, in multiplayer. So, I mean, we definitely had that particles effects. Whether or not we're going to always be, like, going full blast, like, 80-mile-an-hour wind, uh, you know. There might be some rain, you know, the world is getting colder, there might be some snow, you know, there's stuff like that that we can use that particle and weather system for. So there's going to be some other cool things. We won't just keep relying on, like, hurricane force winds. (laughs) Uh, And one of the other things that, you know, we had the presentation last night and it was kind of talked about uh, kind of the backstory of the game, that something I didn't realize was that it takes place four years after Resistance 2. So a lot of time has passed. Um, Can you kind of Talk a little bit about that backstory and, and kind of where the game is at when it, when you first start into it. So, spoiler alert, you should fast-forward your podcast like 60 <laughs> seconds if uh, you haven't finished Resistance 2, and then I'm going to chide you because you haven't finished Resistance 2, and you should go do that. I know, embarrassing. Uh, if you're a PlayStation fan listening to a PlayStation podcast and you didn't play through R2, that's horrible. Okay, so here comes the spoiler. Nathan Hale gets his head blown off at the end of Resistance 2. And everyone's like, okay, yeah, Nathan Hale's going to come back. He's going to, like, be repaired or, like, he's going to be the bad guy or something. No, none of that's happening. Hale's dead. Capelli was discharged from the uh, army, dishonorably thrown out, kind of a pariah. If you want to know what happens between, uh, and not, I mean, this doesn't cover the full four years, but covers a section of time, a critical section of time. Uh, The new novel by William Dietz is coming out this summer called Resistance, uh, A Hole in the Sky and uh, kind of talks about how Capelli gets to Haven and how Capelli meets Susan, which is Nathan Hale's stepsister, who he does marry and has a kid with eventually in Haven. And it also discusses you know, Haven as a whole, and you kind of get a nice feel for the place that you're going to be starting Resistance 3 in. But when we start Resistance 3, you're in the town of Haven, Oklahoma. Capelli's a resident. He's married to Susan. Uh, they have a kid. And everyone there lives underground in the tunnels, and they've built kind of this society in the tunnels underneath the city and tunneled it out themselves some and excavated and uh, you know they kind of keep an eye on what's going on in the ground above but they've been kind of living off the radar and humanity as a whole has been very pressed down by the chimera they've chimera have won they're not in invasion mode anymore they're in you know terraform the earth mode and uh, you know stuff's getting colder things are looking more and more bleak food is getting harder to find and that's kind of where the game picks up uh, as Malakov arrives uh, to find Capelli because he's found something out and, you know, there's a critical mission. He needs uh, Capelli to come with him on and they embark on this road trip to New York City. And the game is all about this, you know, kind of journey that uh, Capelli and Malakov take uh, from Haven, Oklahoma to New York City. And um, it's really all about kind of their heroic survival in this brutal, brutal 1957 Chimera-occupied Earth. Uh, in the more, that's more story than you realize. This is in a first-person shooter, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. Nobody ever does stories in first-person shooters, right? Never. We noticed, of course, the inclusion of the weapon wheel is back. The weapon wheel is back. the primary and the secondary fire, but also different this time is upgradable weapons. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that mechanic's going to play into the experience? Yeah, I mean, every weapon, uh, well, almost every weapon, uh, it's upgrades in Resistance 3, and uh, as you use them, they become more powerful. Uh, They generally, and it's not just like, oh, sweet, my weapon looks cooler, and it kills guys faster. Um, You actually, there's functional differences, too. Um, 
And it's not going to totally change what the weapon does because the weapon still should kind of be what it is, but it will make it do something extra and give you some extra benefits. And generally, you'll kind of see some changes to maybe the primary fire. You might also see some changes to the secondary fire. You might see some capacity changes and clip sizes, stuff like that. So, um, you know, if you have a favorite weapon, over time you'll level it up. In the demo, you guys are playing, like, the weapon, we set them to level up, like, super fast so you get to see that. But I think you saw, like, you know, and you use the auger. After, when it levels up to level two, it starts firing, like, three bolts instead of just one. And they kind of spread out a little bit more. So it's really effective when you're shooting at someone who's behind cover because now you have a slight spread to it. So if they're trying to move and get, you know, smooth over, it takes them down a little bit faster. The um, the magnum now, when you fire it, it sh- shoots off extra little explosives that you'll detonate with the alt fire. You know the marksmen get you know they all get they all have awesome cool things and you know it's really fun kind of bringing that in and the weapon wheel itself is awesome because like it allows you to think tactically about every situation you're in and what weapon will be the best fit for it. And I think you know there's man I, I love doing that. It's like so much fun when you have this situation like ah oh, shit what weapon do I use and you can hit that. Have a second to think. Okay, this is how I'm going to approach this, and then go for it. Yeah, I thought of that as I was playing the mini boss. You know, should I use the the handgun and the explosive alt fire? Would that help kind of clear away, or should I take the auger and go through? So it was it definitely a different layer of strategy added there. It's fun watching people too, because like we're sitting here, you know, you guys haven't played it before, and we get to watch all of you guys play that mini boss, and um, you know, he's you have to kind of shoot off his armor pieces essentially, uh, and some people are you know trying to get a little far away from him and snipe him with the marksman. Other people, you know, are using the bullseye. Some people don't know exactly where to shoot it first. Then they pull up the auger and they look and it highlights the armor for you. And then that makes it really easy because you know exactly where to shoot at and you can kind of point at that. Honestly, the mark, the magnum is probably the most effective weapon because you can, if you can hit him like a bunch of times, slugs in that area, the explosions will help take the piece off for you. But um, it's really fun because you get to see, you know, all these different strategies and ways that people attack the same boss and it's not like you know we're throwing the boss at you and throwing a rocket launcher on the ground being like go grab that rocket launcher and kill him it's like oh well here's your weapons figure it out you know and take him down and i think that's a lot of fun and something that you know makes it different for every person who plays it yeah, it's not an easy fight either and it's intense <laughs> all of a sudden i'm like oh i'm running away i run away i turn around he's right on top of me no and then he like smacks you and you go flying yeah you know, like you're cool. kind of like stunned for a second and he's running up and punching the ground yeah oh and he throws out all like the air fuel grenades too and then they all ignite around him and he does he has some pretty wicked attacks he's a lot of fun in, in other words he's a total bastard so well let's talk about multiplayer obviously i was i didn't want to quit and they turned off the ps3 on me last night so, <laughs> I mean, I obviously played a lot of Resistance 1, a lot of Resistance 2 online. Uh, you know, it, it got very grand with the Resistance 2, and now the focus has really changed on multiplayer with you guys, and you're ratcheting it back down to, see what I did there? You're ratcheting it back down to 16 players. So, I guess, kind of talk a little bit about that and, and all the different changes that have been made now and kind of where the focus of the multiplayer is going to be. So, um... Resistance 1 and 2 are really games about military might. And this is a much more of a story about, like, personal survival and struggle. So, you know, with with this game, like, going down to the smaller size and... I mean, from the story perspective, it made a lot of sense that it's smaller groups of survivors. and um, But from a, you know, design and game perspective, we really thought about, you know, the inspiration we had 
from Resistance 1 and 2 are like some of the smaller maps you really enjoyed. If you um, played Bus Yard and Arfam or Rooftops um, or, uh, you know, Subway. Uh, and then in Resistance 2, San Francisco and the Bayou House were all these, you know, 16 or 20 player maps. Or I think 12 maybe in a couple instances. They were really, really fun and really focused experiences. And were some of them, I mean, you still talk to people about, like, if any map they could ever be brought back, they, I think everyone would say Bus Yard. And it's like, okay, so what if we focus solely on, you know, these small, awesome maps? And so that's really what we did. And, you know, I think the more intimate experience that we're getting out of it is really cool. We've been playtesting these maps forever now, it feels like. I mean, in rough form, the prison's been getting playtests well over a year, maybe, you know, year and a half uh playing the same map so the map you played you know we played it a ton every day every week and um so there's all they're really polished and so lots come out of it and i think it makes for a really you know intimate experience when you know you're with a smaller group and uh you're bragging the same several people over and over again and you're working with the same people so we're, we really like the direction that it's gone we're having a lot of fun with it I also noticed a player progression system in the multiplayer, or, or maybe uh, the directional pad was in use. So I don't know what to call this this feature. Basically, you had different abilities that you could utilize as you were playing, and you kind of earned them as you were getting more kills or kill streaks. So um, there's the. I mean, we learned a lot about progression with Resistance 2 in two aspects. Both our multiplayer had progression, but our co op did too. And we wanted to kind of bring some of that into multiplayer. Especially, like, you think about, like, we did... One of the things we had in co-op was every character had to support the other classes. And so we brought support abilities into multiplayer where you basically have two abilities, uh, active abilities. You have a support ability and a tactical ability, and these are mapped to your D-pad left and right. And you have a bunch you can pick from. Everything in multiplayer you unlock by spending your points. You unlock weapons, you unlock upgrades to weapons, you unlock the abilities, you unlock upgrades to the abilities, you unlock attributes and upgrade to those attributes. And so you, ha- you get to pick a support ability and that mainly helps your team. So if that's dropping ammo, so guys in your team get secondary fire or get more clips or grenades, um, if it's dropping, or if it's maybe getting an extra, um, you know, like a healing beacon or being able to drop a bubble shield for your allies so you can take cover briefly somewhere. Uh, then there's also tactical abilities where that's if you watch the b-roll that's out there and the video that's out there like the dash ability and these guys you know they take they have different recharge rates so you can't like just spam them over and over again it takes a while for them to come back and stuff but you know it's super powerful if you're you know like running away from someone you can dash or if you're trying to like come up on someone and sneak up on them and dash and they'll see you and then you'll dash you'll be right behind them and you'll spin around and like melee them totally awesome <laughs> but, yeah, there's there's tons of uh, there's tons of cool abilities, and then you also have the attributes, which are more of kind of those uh, you know, things you aren't activating all the time. Uh, so some of those you know might give you a faster rate of fire or a little bit more health and things like that. And then you also have the berserks, uh, which reward you for playing well. We're still tweaking how all that works, but those are badass. Yeah, and they're different for each race. So if you're on the human side, it's a different set than it is if you're on the Chimera side. Uh, the Chimera have the ability to cloak. Yeah. The humans get a temporary riot shield, which is, you know, pretty powerful in and of itself. But you know, the cloak lets you get a drop on someone; it can be a kill. The riot shield can bail you out. So 
there's some uh, cool stuff and there's more that you know you hit later if you keep playing i got this one last night that it was i don't know what it was doing but it seemed like it was just a bunch of rockets flying out at everybody and just like the whole room just explosions everywhere in the room did you mutate is that what it was probably yeah so there's a uh, mutation ability too where if you're a chimera you can uh mutate into a ravager with like the big ravager weapon and just like is that the thing i saw one guy and i freaked out and nobody was there to see it but i saw one of the guys on my team all of a sudden like all these bubbles started enveloping him and the animation the guy's like oh my god oh my god oh my god and it, it just enveloped him and killed him well that's actually the uh, mutator okay which is a new weapon in resistance 3 uh, and it's sort of this um human designed weapon like you kind of chimera biological attack that causes people to like basically kind of become gross and explode yeah and as that levels up like it can eventually like turn uh it can like possess them to make them not possess them but you know you hit them and they uh freak out and switch sides and go run at their uh run at their uh friends and then explode on all of them and do damage Wow, yeah. Awesome. Nobody was there watching. I'm like, oh my god, you gotta see it. Oh, <laughs> there's just nobody around. Um, I mean, one thing that I first noticed with the multiplayer is holy crap, the graphics just huge leap. I mean, you were seeing, like we were talking about, you know, you could see dust floating in the light beams, and uh, the textures are just so crisp and so clear. And the animation system, I think, that has to be a brand new animation system because everything just seemed a lot cleaner this time. There's been some tweaks to animation. I mean, like, overall, though, um, just the more time to polish stuff, more time to focus, um, the smaller map size definitely helps. Anytime you're creating less Obviously, geometry yeah. in areas, like, then art has, you know, a lot less to worry about. So, I mean, all those things are helping, you know, bring a much more polished experience. I think it really, as a whole, everything we're doing on Resistance 3 is about focus and about polish and about making every element of the game that we have in the game really really good and strong and you know we want that to be a very consistent experience across the board whether that's from single player to you know co-op through the single player campaign to multiplayer all right well i think we've taken it up of your time so on, seriously uh really loved what we saw with the resistance 3 all for one's looking great it looks like it's going to be an absolute blast and like i said we're going to have to turn on josh in that yeah, game. you should turn on Josh. It'll be pretty funny. Totally turn on. Yeah, both games will be out uh, this fall. Uh, Ra- uh, Resistance in uh, September 6th. Ratchet and Clank in uh, fall. Sometime. We haven't announced yet, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have a date soon. It will be out this fall. It's coming along really well. And uh, if you are in the LA area or nearby, we're doing a big community day on March 29th Ooh. at the uh, Egyptian Theater in Hollywood should check out uh, our Facebook and website. We'll have links to all the pertinent information, but if you want to play uh, Resistance 3, if you want to play Ratchet & Clank All for One, if you want to see demos that we've only shown to press and there's not even videos online of, uh, and hear announcements and get cool swag and all sorts of other awesomeness, nice. you should be coming to that event. So, so when uh, are you guys bringing that to Wisconsin? March 30th. March 30th, right. That it's was a, yesterday, man. It's, ins- you it's, it? it's Insomniac on tour. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. At least you can come by and get some, get some Culver's. Get, oh, I do love me some Culver's, See? man. The Culver's There's a reason. The Butterburgers are amazing. Hell yeah. All right, James, thanks very much. Thank you, guys. Appreciate we'll talk it. talk to you soon. All right, cool.
thank Mr. Stevenson very much for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, it was pretty g- getting close to the end of the day on Thursday there and uh, took the time to sit down with us. So, yeah, I mean, all for one, we played it. It looks really cool. We really didn't get too deep into it, though, but the, the whole co-op idea and having the drop-in, drop-out is, is quite nice, actually. Uh, a lot of good voice work in the game. The visuals are very, very crisp, very stunning. So, you know, obviously <laughs> it's not probably our bag too much, so I think we glossed over it a little bit, but I, I don't want to want it to seem like we're glossing over the game itself. I think it is actually a really good game, but we'll see. I didn't get the opportunity to play it, unfortunately. it was. I think that uh, that setup was monopolized for most of the week. So I Yeah, they had people there pretty much all the time. So, it, yeah, it was tough to get to that one. And Resistance 3, I mean, wow. They're really bringing it back to what Resistance 1 was and, and amping it up quite a bit. Yeah, i very pleasantly surprised with Resistance 3. And obviously Resistance 1 is just a fabulous game. And Resistance 2, I think, um, critically, uh, maybe not as popular. But I, I think Insomniac, and Insomniac obviously is very tied into their community, has taken a lot of the, the criticism and a lot of the the feedback to heart and has really put forth uh, the effort that's going to make their fans happy. And I think it, it showed And you know, going back to resistance one, uh, that's not a bad thing as far as not at all. gameplay, the weapon wheel, um, you know, and I can't even put my finger on what, what about resistance three just makes it so much better. It just seemed like everything about it, you know, the, yeah, it, it, very fluid, smooth, smooth gameplay. Very, even in the multiplayer we were playing, Oh, <laughs> the, the multiplayer is really good. I mean, it, it, it's not Killzone. It's not Call of Duty. It's its own thing again. And, you know, I saw some people on Twitter kind of complaining that it's only 16 player, but I'm telling you what, it's 16 player. It's not only 16 player. It's really, really focused. It's very tight, very action packed. Uh, the maps look just fantastic. Though. I mean, it, it they really upped it a notch in terms of graphics uh, and just visuals overall. And, and, the game played incredibly smooth. I mean, yeah. I'm not BSing when I said, I mean, they kicked me off the machine. I was having a blast playing the testers. <laughs> Even when they started playing for real, quote unquote, and they were walking around like a wolf pack, you know, all armed with different different types of weapons. But I held my own, and I mean, I was enjoying the shit out of that game. So uh, I think it really does stand on its own, and they've done some really unique stuff that you haven't seen in any other game. I mean, it's still a mishmash, obviously, but um, I, I do like the fact that they kind of made it so that each uh, each race has its own unique weapons and, and abilities, that kind of thing. So, yeah, very, very cool. Definitely. I think James summed it up pretty well. I don't know if I can add much more to what he said. Oh, yeah. He, well, he knows it. <laughs> he knows it better than anybody. And uh, check out that community event they have going on in L.A., Holy crap! End of March, of course, you're coming to GDC, so you probably won't be able to make that uh, that event there. Listen, yeah, I don't think I'm making that. Yeah, <laughs> no. But if you want to get your hands on Resistance Three, you'll have an opportunity, just like we did in, yeah, in LA, end of March. Uh, I'll just say it's worth it. Yeah, and we spent some time, and I, I wanted to cover this just a little bit, talking about technology and the way the platform, um, not Sony necessarily, but just next gen in general, seems to throw every they throw everything at the wall, you know. 3D, um, you know, great sound, 
800 million players and you know it was it was refreshing to see a dev developer kind of dial back a little bit you know we don't need to have 64 players 128 players we're going to focus in on what makes more sense for our game and i i exactly i heard a lot of a lot of uh or i saw a lot of people on twitter complaining that the game didn't have x number of players and I, I have to admit, I, I was I, I kind of like that, you know, because and yeah. the reason for that was they're focusing on the game, and it just made sense for their game. So let's just not let's not put the bullet point on the back of the box, but let's do what's best for resistance. And yeah, actually, the way they built it up too, and they were doing the session was well, you know, we, we saw resistance one with forty players online, and then we went to sixty players. I'm like, don't do it, don't do it, <laughs> don't say 128, please don't. And he goes, sixteen. I'm like, yes. <laughs> like the whole room was silent. Actually, a few people did that. Like, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, I really think that was the right way to go. Honestly, I resistance two, especially the the multiplayer. I played it for a while, and then I just really got uninterested in it. So I, I really like what they're doing, and and the maps. You can tell they put so much time and effort into these maps, you know, and uh, they're very different throughout the maps because everyone takes place around the world. So, like, one of them is in Washington, D.C. or whatever, and one of them's here, one of them's here, one of them's here. And so none of the, like, I don't think any of the two maps are going to look alike, basically. That's what they were saying, yeah. Yeah, from what it sounds like. Yeah, we didn't see, I think we saw one map in the multiplayer session we were playing. But yeah, I think they're going to have uh, the single player and co-op will be in the U.S., whereas the rest will be around the world. So yeah, yeah, An- anxious to see more, but very impressed. Yeah. Um, so what next? Pixel Junk Shooter Two. Talk a little bit about that one. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the reviews up. Josh did his job and put the review up. <laughs> Held up his end of the bargain since he didn't get to come to GDC. Well, since he decided not to come to GDC. I'm just going to put that on his shoulders, too. <laughs> Miss you, Josh. <laughs> Miss you. Um, it's it's a really cool evolution of the game. I mean, Josh says it's not as easy either uh, as the first one, which is pretty interesting. Um, but, I mean, let's focus on the multiplayer. I don't even know if you've tried it yet. but No, I haven't. Actually, being here at GDC, I haven't been at home to be able to play this game. Probably my, yeah, my only regret true. for this week is I'm missing out on, missing out on a new Pixel Junk game. <laughs> Wait, you didn't bring your PS3? Fired. Uh... <laughs> I was going to grab one of those uh, dev kits last night, but security stopped me at the door. So, Yeah, I tried to get away with one, too, but they wouldn't let me. Bastards. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about it, but, you know, we get to talk to Ariel from Q Games, and that'll be up in our PlayStation Home video, which, hey, we're going to have a new one up really yeah, we soon. we got a lot of good footage for that. Oh, my God. Yeah, we got video footage of uh, PJ Shooter 2. We got uh, some MLB. We got uh, Motorstorm Apocalypse, yeah. which we'll talk about in a minute. Great interview. That was a great interview. Uh, talked to Seth Luizzi for Silicon 4. So we're going to have a pretty cool home video. Don't forget Chime Super Deluxe. Uh, Chime Super <laughs> Deluxe. Well, let's talk about, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about Shooter actually probably next week with Josh on the show. That's a good idea, yeah. He's so, spent a lot of yeah. time with it. Um, Chime Super Deluxe. Wow, surprising. Yeah, you know, we, we go to the, the meeting and they're off-site a little bit. Yeah, and, a few uh, blocks. Yeah, we get a little off the beaten path, not too far, and, and we walk in there, and it's a music studio, a recording studio. That was cool. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, that's kind of a neat, a neat place to show off their game, and probably convenient. And yeah, you know, and then I realized after talking to the gentleman Steve that, you know, I think them being in a music studio was on purpose because their game is very tied into music and sampling and DJing, and yeah. it's definitely about about the music. So clever. 
Very, very. Uh, now, this game actually started on the Xbox 360. It was like some kind of a community thing where if you made the game, they would fund it, but all the all the funds went to charity or something. Yeah, I think. It, you know. um, and they were really the only ones that participated, like all the way through. For what it sounded like, <clears throat> the game's also out on PC, but PS3 version they really went all out. Uh, number one, they added multiplayer, uh, added some exclusive tracks. And actually put a whole new graphics engine in it. So it's a whole new rendering engine. But when you look at it, and it, and it was really tough. I was watching it on YouTube, and it looks like Luminous, except like you see the entire board laid out. Right. So it's got the thing swiping across and everything, and I, I didn't really make any sense. And then he explained it, and it just popped in my head. Oh, my God, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's definitely one of those games that if you just watch a YouTube video, you will not understand no. what was going on. And I had to pick his brain a little bit just to kind of get my hands around it and figure it out. And you were sitting there playing it, I think, as we were kind of talking. After I was we, trying to play it. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after we kind of wrapped our, our hands around it and our arms around it a little bit, our brains around it, I guess, started to make a heck of a lot more sense. And looks like a, a very relaxing sort of ambient yeah. game. And, you know, you can definitely a score element, but you can just use it to, to relax with some samples and... I think it's going to have some good competitive multiplayer, potentially, or score chasing. Up to four player on the couch. Um, very cool, though. It's basically, it's, it's, it's a synthesizer. So every block you lay down adds another element to the music. And you're trying to get full coverage on the board. Um, and there's combo system built into it. Uh, you can actually kind of build upon what you've built on before. You can layer everything. Um, but it's all like Tetris pieces, you know, basically, and, and you're just using all these shapes to try to fill things in. Yeah, and it's not like DJ Hero where you're trying to manipulate the music. Right. You're actually, the music's already there. It, the order in which you put your blocks is the order in which you hear some of the samples that are, are underneath yeah. the track. But as you fill out the whole board, you hear the whole thing. But it's neat just to uncover the different sections of the songs and yeah. hear them like that. And I, I mean, a very eclectic group of, of musical, you know, of, of artists. And very recognizable stuff. I mean, there's Philip Glass there. There's that uh, that guy that does all the human beatboxing stuff. That the entire track is done by this guy. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, there's Moby in there. I mean, there's some pretty recognizable stuff. <clears throat> um, but I mean, really opened my eyes. I, I was very shocked. I, I honestly didn't expect much, and I walked out quite a fan already. I think it's I think it's just fantastic. Yeah, we we. You know me, I kind of like those casual games on occasion. <laughs> well, you're a casual guy, Joel. <laughs> it's the kind of game I think that you that you can play right before bed, you know, and just get relaxed. It's like reading a good book, maybe. You know, you're just you're sitting down, you relax, and it's not your, uh, and I, I got to quote Steve here, murder simulator. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your typical shoot 'em up game that can get you a little uh, little ramped up before you lay down for bed. This is this is the opposite. Just very yeah. relaxing and. It's really neat, you know. There's the whole score element, like you said, and, and obviously online leaderboards, that kind of thing, and uh, it's score chase. So there you go, and and they're pretty competitive with their leaderboards. I know that they he was even really getting 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 into it with some of the fans of the game. So yeah, and a little disappointed that he was losing to some of the fans of the game. <laughs> uh, I think he needs to ramp it up a little bit. That's why he doesn't have a producer button on it where he cheats for him. <laughs> well, I think they're going to patch that in, I heard. Yeah, version 102. <laughs> um, so I don't know what we're going to do next. We'll just go around the room Infamous 2. Uh, obviously, that was the first session we had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, of course, the big announcement, which we have an article up about as well, but... Uh, you know, they kept teasing things. Oh, we're going to have a big announcement. And everybody kept saying co-op, and which actually kind of made sense. Yeah, I guessed co-op. I guessed wrong. And uh, it was user-created content, which 
very unique the way they're doing it. Uh, you know, they didn't evoke the play, create, share moniker that we've heard so many times, but no, they did not. it's pretty deep. I mean, you can basically, you're setting up different missions or different game types. Uh, they said that even some of the objects that are in the editor are unique just to the content creation system. Oh, I didn't catch that, really. Yeah, um, but the, the the cool thing is you don't have to go off to some other server to download all this stuff to bring it into the game. It integrates directly into the game. So when you have those those kind of floating orbs that, that indicate a new mission, mm-hmm. you'll just see those start to pop up, and that's all the user-created stuff. Yeah, the user-created orbs or missions were in a unique color. Yeah. Also, and and apparently they're going to sprinkle it right into the into the regular experience. Yeah. So you're playing through the campaign, and you can actually spin off and do. I don't know if I want to call them side missions, but all this user created content that's just there for you. And I didn't quite understand how they were going to choose the levels that were in there. Something about the ones they yeah like, rise to the top either through their selection process or maybe through fans uh, playing. I I didn't quite understand. Well, you can that. vote on them and everything, but they also said you know obviously they're going to have a beta for this. And they're going to wipe out most of the content from the beta, but some of it is going to be like they're going to pick some of the, the like their favorites, and that's going to be in the game when it hits. But yeah, I, I didn't really get how if everything's going to be there because I could almost see that being a little obtrusive to a certain extent, where you see green orbs everywhere all over the friggin' map. <laughs> yeah, um, but it, it's neat. I mean, the entire map is open to you, and you can do it wherever you want. We saw. A ring race that you were talking about. Yeah, it reminded me of Crackdown a little bit, where you're, yeah. you're climbing up, you're getting through those rings in a certain amount of time, and you get also like MotorStorm, where you're going yeah. through the gates, you're gaining additional yep. time. But the beauty is you design it how you want. I mean, if you want to put a couple seconds every time you hit one of those rings, you can do it. Yep. If, you, if you hit that ring and you want to trigger some event with enemies coming at you, I mean, you literally can design whatever you want. And they... I wish I would have spent some time watching them create a level. I didn't do that. I was too busy playing. I kept looking over. Yeah, we only had so much time to play it, so we wanted to play it. But they had a couple of people there demonstrating. Yeah, it was neat. I mean, I was watching the, the tool set and everything, and it looked really, really intuitive. Um, I was pretty impressed with it. And they had some creative stuff that we could play. And, you know, there was that ring race, and then they had, a, like, a shooting gallery with oh yeah all the enemies kind of up on these platforms. And you, and you could – you there's this new power that Cole has where you can um, – kind of grab something and throw it like telekinesis or something levitation or something yeah and you could like throw these propane tanks at it and they would explode and um there was a just a regular mission where you had to uh, blow or you had to defuse a bomb you know and so there there were all these different we saw an obstacle course we saw a defend almost like a horde firefight sort of mission yeah that's right that that was funny the funny thing is you're 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 standing on like this this platform and they're coming at you from one direction and your goal is and your goal is to prevent them from getting past you but when they got past you they're they're doing the jig they're dancing on the other side which is yep. really humorous dancing the jig behind <laughs> you and the funny thing is you could still take them out but it didn't go against your numbers exactly. so that was really cool um so i mean you know that's just a little subset of the stuff that's possible in there and i tell you a lot of there were a lot of gasps in the room it was pretty surprising yeah and the gameplay the gameplay at its core, and let's forget the user-created content for a second. The game, oh it, it felt really good, plays well. It's exactly what I expected Infamous 2 to feel like. Take the first game, which already, in my opinion, played damn well yeah. and felt good. And yeah. Add another layer of polish to it, you know, and it, it, was, it was smooth. And, and I felt more like a superhero yeah. this time around. They, they empowered you. And, and the way the, the, the non-playable characters were reacting... You know, so they had sort of a good evil element going on. You could choose which way to go. Right. And depending on that, the people are reacting to you. So if you go to the good side, you have all these cops that are sort of helping you. 
But if you go to the bad side, the cops are shooting at you. You know, and then you see people running down the streets, screaming, raising their arms in the air. A um, little bit of a different character design as well, I noticed. Zeke looked a little he, bit different. Wow. <laughs> he's just a big fat Elvis now. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, Tort Elvis. Yeah. And Dred Zeppelin. Nice. <laughs> well, I mean, I think one of the major changes that we, we both noticed was uh, the combat system, uh, the hand-to-hand combat. Wow. Oh, yeah, the melee. Because you've got that... that I don't even know what the hell it is now, that, that double-pronged metal fork thing. Uh, wow. I mean, the melee combat has really, really been improved and is incredibly smooth now. Uh, but like you said, the graphics definitely took an upgrade. Yes. Uh, the destructible stuff, which shocked the hell out of me because I wasn't used to it. I was under a balcony, and I was shooting stuff, and all of a sudden, the whole thing just came crashing down like, shit, <laughs> like rolled out of the way. Um, but, it, I mean, at its core, it's still infamous, and it still plays like infamous. And um, I did have one problem, though, when I was up on top of that truck, and there was an electric wire, or the bus. It's an electric bus, you know? Oh, yeah, that's right. So it's got the electric wires above it uh, that it gets its power from. I kept trying to jump on top of the bus, and fucking Cole just kept jumping on, on the goddamn electric wires. <laughs> and I couldn't, get, I couldn't get off of there, so I had to jump off onto the ground and then back up onto the bus. So. Yeah, a little bit of the sly, sticky feet there. Yeah, that was that was a little uh, frustrating. Plus, but. there was that spot when you got up on the bus, you had to pry open like an electric, electric box. Yeah. And you had to basically turn shut that down to shut everything else down and end the mission. Yeah. And we saw a lot of people struggling to figure that out. Well, that's because they weren't reading. <laughs> well, I think the on-screen uh, display was a little weird, too. It's like tap tap right one and then they show the circle button there but the circle button really had yeah. nothing to do with anything so yeah. obviously the game is is far from release so we're not going to judge it based on this <laughs> yeah well yeah I, I i will say i mean you're going to notice the uh the the improved fidelity right away and the and the new combat is wow it, it's much better what they say june june 7th so, or yeah something june like that? 7th i think oh, of course we're at e3 <laughs> God damn oh it. no that's yeah. it yeah i'm staying home <laughs> there we go. Joel on a stick returns. <laughs> How many times did I have Joel on a hey, there's that Joel on a stick guy? I'm like, oh, oh my god. god. Yep. Yep. Apparently your wife's on a stick too. Yeah, but only sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> she she didn't mind that joke either. I got away with one there. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> uh so let's see. What what was next? Um we got oh Mortal Kombat. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. Let's talk about that. Oh, my God, is it awesome? Yeah, you know, obviously Glenn and I aren't, aren't the huge fight, fighting game fans. You know, we're not the Super Street Fighter guys. and But I'm a Mortal Kombat fan. Yeah, and, and this Mortal Kombat, unlike the last few, harkens back to the days of yore, the, the good old days, if you will. MK2, yo. Yeah, and, and I mean, you saw that sort of banter, you know, back in the day before the online co-op. You're, you're playing your buddies on the couch, you're laughing, you're having a good time, you're teasing each other, you're shit-talking. That returned. No, instantly yeah. we got people, and, and I suppose because we're all there together and we're all on the couch, but it's the, it's the controls. The, it was the same controls that we're used to. Yep. Some of the moves are exactly the same. They added a bunch of moves. Yep. Uh, some new characters. Um, yeah, they, I mean, we, we only had a few characters to use, but uh, it, it's Mortal Kombat 2. I mean, it, 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 but it's so focused, you know, now there's a new combo system built into it, and it, it kind of builds upon the moveset that was there for MK2, but... Uh, obviously, they've made it a lot more, and they've taken they've taken cues from some of the other fighting games to kind of make sure that the game plays a little bit smoother. And mm-hmm. um, really, really impressed with it. 
and don't fuck with Sid Schumann. He will kick your ass. <laughs> that dude is a Mortal Kombat. Just, I don't even know what the hell. Yeah, he remembered all the moves. And he sat right down and was able to jump in and, and pr- do a hell of a job. So, I mean, cool. that, obviously yeah. the, a lot of the movesets are the same. Well, and you can go and look at the move list for every character. I saw that, yeah. You after, can pause it and actually go look. Yeah, you actually have the fatalities even listed as well. Yeah, and the new x-ray attacks, which we can talk about. But uh, you have a meter that you build up. And if you get it built up and you can pull it off, it's kind of like an ultra. Uh, but you hit L2, R2, and it will pull off this what's called an x-ray attack. And it's it's basically a canned animation. So you, like, hit a guy in the face, and it'll kind of show. It'll peel everything away, and it'll show you, like, breaking his jaw. Yeah. That kind of, that kind of thing. And um, the other cool thing is I found out that there is a training mode just for fatalities. You're kidding me. No. So it will actually show you, on, like, it'll have an enemy there basically waiting to be finished. Mm-hmm. And it'll put a little thing on the floor saying, this is where you need to stand. Here's the moves that you need to do. And it basically walks you through how to do all the fatalities. Well, that's a nice touch. I mean, how many times back in the day did you play that, get to the end, screw oh, up the fatality, and like, damn it. <laughs> no, hit it, hit it, hit it. No, that's sub-zeros, no. <laughs> and the fatality animations were pretty good. What you'd expect from a Mortal Kombat, you know, ripping the head off, cutting the head in half. They definitely notched it up, though. Uh, the Molina character. She had, like, these little razor yeah. teeth or yeah. sharp teeth, and then she'd, I think, chew off, your, chew off the head. <laughs> Just so neat. And, and uh, 3D. 3D for Mortal Kombat wow. was some of the most impressive 3D I've seen yet. It's subtle, and it, but it's really, really well done. It, it looks like it's got depth. It, it's not sticking out of the screen very much. It's got depth. Good point, yeah. It, very, very, very. I'm, I'm going to play it in 3D. Like that That's, old, uh, you probably know the name of the level. I can't remember the one with all the trees. Yeah, the Dead Forest. Dead Forest, yeah. Holy the, cr- and they really, wow, there's like guys hanging from nooses. and yeah, struggling. Like one guy is actually gasping his last breath, and you see yeah. him grabbing at the rope. And it's fucked up. Neat animations, but the, the depth of that board, as you're moving from left to right on the board, you can see not just different layers of depth like a typical 3D, but it's actually like almost like circular depth. I don't know how to yeah. describe it, but yeah. really impressive uh, 3D technology in that game. I, you know, we heard 3D in Mortal Kombat, and it was like, oh, they're going to slap it on. You know, because they, they talked about it at E3 last year, and that, that it was going to have it, and, they, and the video they showed us looked very grand, you know, and this was going to come right at the screen, and blah, blah, blah. It's, yeah. It wasn't like that, what we were playing. It looked just absolutely awesome. And then the news broke that uh, PlayStation Plus subscribers are going to get the demo exclusively next week. Oh, that's right. And then the week after comes out for everyone, but uh, definitely check it out. I think that's what we were playing. We were actually playing that demo. Probably. And I think there so was had, four playable characters. Four playable, four playable characters and uh, two different levels. We had Johnny Cage, Molina, Scorpion, Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Sub-Zero. Yeah. Yep. And now Scorpion and Sub-Zero actually are kind of separated a little bit more They're, same character different color well that's what it was originally <laughs> exactly. in the game because they only had so much memory yeah but uh no very very cool and controls great it it's it's mortal Kombat, and and ed boon and his team i mean they really need some kudos here because they you know there's some mortal Kombat games that kind of sucked it's no tail fang but it, but it's, but it's good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, Ed Boon reference there. It's no way of the way of the warrior. Um, yeah, I actually got to see Ed Boon too, so I geeked out a little oh, bit. Did you? I was like, eek. they even had that that thing with him in the corner of the screen. Yeah, popping in. Toasty. <laughs> so, That's right. I was, that came up in my fight, didn't it? It did. Yeah. So if yeah. you're a fan of the old of the old series, you definitely owe it to yourself to give the demo a try. 
you know. Definitely. Yeah. It, I, I, when they announced a new mortal, I mean, we've had mortals going on for years. You know, yeah. it's like okay, a new mortal. You know, but this is a reboot. It's, it's in my opinion. It's not overdone. You know, you're still in the 2D plane finally, and you're not like breaking through fucking floors to go to here and there and whatnot. It's it's Mortal Kombat, and it's the core game. But wow, did they really pretty it up? And they've done yeah, a lot with it. It's a gorgeous game. And you and I sat down and immediately were shit-talking and having fun and some instant good matches. Yep. <laughs> and, and the thing is, like, all the PR reps and everybody that were there, because we had a lot of Sony people in the room, they were all playing Mortal Kombat. Like, everybody just kept going back to Mortal Kombat the whole weekend, or the whole week. Yeah, and the Sony lounge where we spent a lot of our time. That was the, the big third-party game that was on display. Yeah. You know, a lot of Mortal going on. And, and over the course of the week, it became everybody wanted to play each other and... Oh, let me get let me get a rematch in from yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody wanted to play Sid Schumann because he was just kicking everyone's ass. Yeah. Then Kachera came in and had his uh, has his rematch, and I think he got beat again. I lucked out too. I he uh, it was my turn to play Sid, and oh. we had an interview going on. And I, I got to go, Sid. I got to do this interview thing here. <laughs> oh man, Sorry, he, he just he jammed a nice sword up my ass. He he just he was brutal with Scorpion. He was pulling off like six, seven move combos on me. I saw that. He probably he cheated. He put some time in beforehand. Oh, oh I know they have. <laughs> I know they've been playing in the office. Yeah. Fuckers. Yeah. No, it, man, that game was good. Well, speaking of impressive 3D tech, another game that really oh. had the 3D and popping was Uncharted 3. Wow. Yeah, we sat down. We saw a little bit of a cutscene. Yeah. Um, Victor Sully, much more represented, I think, in this game. Oh, I, I think he's going to be in the game pretty much the entire time. Yeah, from what, from what it sounds like. I really like that character, too, so I'm glad he's going to be more involved. I'm so happy. So we saw a really good cutscene, and, and they didn't even have to set the backdrop, and that's one of the neat things about Uncharted. You know, say what you will about the gameplay, or, I mean, whatever you want to say about the game. Uh, it's just a well-written story, you know, and, and yeah. no backdrop. You sit down, you're watching a cutscene, you're laughing, you know the characters, you know. We're on the third iteration of this game, and there's some beloved characters in this game. Definitely. And... Uh, then we sat and saw a little gameplay demo. Yeah. First half, not 3D. Second half in 3D. Well, it's because everybody had to pass the glasses around because the room was packed. Oh, this is true. And they only had so many glasses. Yeah, come on, Sony. Buy 400 pairs of glasses. Come on. <laughs> it's not like you manufacture the hardware or anything. <laughs> yeah, they had like 25 pairs of glasses to go around the room so people were taking turns. But like I said, the 3D tech. And you said, what wow. did you say? It's the every every game you see is the best game you've seen in 3D. Actually, Sid Schumann said that, and I, I was standing next to him, and he said it. He goes, you know, every every time a new 3D game comes out, that's the best one. <laughs> and, you know, this time around is no different, although there are a couple of really good competitors, Mortal Kombat being one and MotorStorm, obviously. But uh, the fire, the way the – because this is the same demo that they've shown before, the same one that they showed on – on Jimmy Fallon, it was just a little more extended. So we got to see more at the beginning of it when they're torching that that villa. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fire, the way they rendered it in 3D, wow. Especially at the, at the end of it, you're kind of hanging over this spiral staircase or, you know, a squared off spiral staircase. And it all starts just falling down. And, and I mean, you're looking into this pit of blackness. Oh, yeah. All in 3D. and uh, the, But the textures were some of the cleanest textures I've seen in 3D. I mean, they really focused on that. And I was talking to Arnie Meyer about that afterwards, and he said that they actually, when they were working on Resistance 3, they knew 3D was going to be a thing, and they started working with the 3D stuff right when they started working on Resistance 3. So that was not an afterthought. It was actually something they were planning on the entire time. 
And it shows. The game is beautiful. Yeah. And the 3D isn't just a, a thing. It, it it actually kind of works to your advantage a little bit. Yeah, the level we saw, and I'm sure most of our listeners are familiar with this level, as you mentioned, but there was platforming in yeah. 3D. And you're climbing up a wall, and you're jumping across little ravines and whatever you want to call it. And you, like you mentioned, the the depth when the ground's falling beneath you. But platforming in 3D, I think, added... Uh, it made the platforming more obvious what you needed to do because you could see yeah. in 3D where you needed to jump to next and where you needed to grab onto. Just it, It's the first time I had seen that type of platforming in 3D. I've seen first-person shooters. I saw Moral. I saw MLB. Yeah. But some platforming in 3D. Actually, it, I think it, uh, it's, it works with the tech. It's not just for show. It actually helped the gameplay. Yeah. Which was nice. Yeah, it was, it was easier to see the handholds. You could tell. I mean, obviously, we didn't get hands-on, but... no. It was really cool, and and I mean, you heard people around the room, kind of going, "Holy crap!" Except for Adam Sessler and Crescenti, who both said, "Well, it's 3D." <laughs> well, yeah, and and uh, as far as the press was concerned, it looked like Sony's big title for this year. Oh my god! You know, the, I mean, judging by the amount of press that that shined their their eyes around for this game, yeah, I mean, all all the who's who of the press were, were up there jammed in that room. Unlike a few of the other ones, you know, I'm sure they divide their time and go to different yeah. things. But Uncharted Three is a game everybody's got their eyes on. Yeah, we had sessions for Infamous Two, uh, Resistance Three, Uncharted Three, SOCOM Four. I'm missing one, but. Resistance. I mean, Uncharted Three. My God, that room was just jam packed, standing room only. Yeah, round of applause after the after oh yeah cutscene. Yeah, before they even showed any gameplay. Yeah, and let's let's get into the story a little bit. And I, I put that in the write up, but um, this time the antagonist is a woman, and she actually leads a uh, like a secret society that's been around for about four hundred years. Very strong woman. Uh, was not pulling any punches. Even pulled a knife out on Nathan Drake. Um, and the story kind of goes back to. Uh, the fact that the secret society was uh, one of the members was uh, Drake's predecessor, who he has the ring from. Uh, I want to say Isaac Drake, and I know that's not right. Yeah, it's like it's yeah, really early morning. Here. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know party, the you know, famous Drake. You know Come that Drake on, guy, guy that he was going after his treasure in the first game. Um, <laughs> his uncle but, or whatever the hell. Yes, yeah, but they come after the ring, and and the ring is apparently a key to. Uh, this new item that they want to try to find, or it's you know it's a very important clue to the puzzle of, of the adventure that's happening. And um, I gotta say, I'm very very impressed and very happy that the antagonist is a woman. I, I think that's something that is not done enough in gaming, and uh, it looks like it's going to be really cool. And we think that we heard Jason Statham. Yeah, either that or we're really bad at stereotyping people. <laughs> no, both of us, both of us looked at each other. Is that Jason Statham? We both had the same thought at the same time. He had a gravelly voice and everything. So, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send an email or two off and and find out if we can get confirmation, confirm or deny. <laughs> uh, and one side note, we finally got to see in person our buddy Richard Lamarchand. So it was awesome to see him. Oh yeah, pleasure meeting him. Yeah, a friend of the show. So uh, it was great to see him, but. Yeah, I mean, Uncharted 3, uh, I think a lot of people are going to take it for granted because they just know the game's going to be awesome, but seeing it was cool. Yeah. That was really neat. I don't know a whole lot about the gameplay yet or what's going to be additionally added to that. Well, they definitely made changes to the combat system uh, like they did before with some other games, but uh, 
they made sure to show that he would get wrapped up. A guy came up behind him and wrapped him up. Oh, that's right. And he was actually able to kick another guy that was coming at him, and you were kind of reverse headbutting the guy that was holding on to you. And there was also, like, environmental stuff. So if you were close to a wall, Drake would actually grab the guy by his head and smash it into the wall, stuff like that. So <clears throat> very cool to see. And, um, oh, man, I'm so excited. Yeah. Another Uncharted baby. Yeah. And it's already had a pretty competent engine. So they're focusing on story again yeah. now. I don't know. It's one of those games. I'm sure most most will agree that it plays like a like a Hollywood production. Oh my God! Yeah, it's, it's a good story. Well, I guess good story Hollywood production may not go hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why we play Uncharted. But exactly. Yeah. That game's I think a little further out there from some of the other ones we we've seen, and I'm sure there's much more to come on that as far as announcements. Yeah, definitely. That's like late fall, I believe that that's coming November. I think it's probably gonna be like November. Yeah, that's one of those one 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 deals, isn't it? Oh, that's right. I think that is. We had Kill Zone three two 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 one one. Yeah. Two 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 one. Two 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 one. And Uncharted three one 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 one. Yep, that's all binary this year. Oh boy. Lame. Uh, so next, well, uh, well, let's, let's cover MLB really quick. Yeah. I mean, we're obviously not going to talk about too much because, uh, well, first off, I've geeked out about it enough already, but our review copies in our hands, uh, I will be playing it all weekend as soon as I get back to Wisconsin and, um, should have the review ready to go on Tuesday. Um, Ramon Russell, community manager, we talked to him a little bit and he smoked my ass in the game. With his fucking Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay <laughs> f- fucking pitching, yeah, he had a no hitter going on me until like the sixth inning. So he's uh he's pretty damn good at that game. Yeah, he's like Rain Man in that game. <laughs> That's what happens when you play for ten hours a day for the, for your whole life. Yeah, and I got to give Ramon credit here as a community manager. He he knows his stuff. He's not oh, just yeah. the guy out there promoting the game. He actually plays it and is yeah. damn good at it. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, the first time I've got my hands on it. So uh, it was the first opportunity I had to try out the new analog hitting and the new analog pitching, and I'm in love with the analog pitching. Yeah. I really like that a lot. I made the comparison last night, I think, when we were out having some drinks, that the pitching reminded me previously of you know games like Hot Shot Golf or maybe Tiger Woods back in the day where it's more you just lining up and hitting buttons. The, uh, the analog pitching felt... I don't know. There's just a new mechanic, a fresh mechanic, I guess. Baseball games have been around forever. Getting a little sick of, I guess, the standards... And this just brought a, a new level of, of uh, control. You know, and you can not only are you aiming the pitch, but similar to like Tiger Woods, when you swing the club and you go to the right or the left, it's actually going to interact with how you pitch. So yeah. you can throw the ball off to the left and then curve it back to the right with the way you use your stick. Well, it gives you another opportunity to correct any mistakes that you might have made on your aim and, and things like that. Um, yeah, I think the analog pitching is fantastic and Thank God you're not throwing a fireball when you're pitching. So, I yeah, I think it's probably the best implementation that they could have done. Yeah, I, I really like pitching. The, the pitching. You, you pull back on the on the stick to what do you call it? Your uh, well, you go to the release basically, and and so there was a like a the third term the for third it. button press on the old style on the on the meter one. Mm-hmm. The third button press with that yellow line was your release line. Mm-hmm. So if you're past it, you're gonna throw it low if you're above it you're going to throw it high because that's where your ball's releasing on when your 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 arms coming over your shoulder or for your sidearm or whatever but so this time when you're pulling it down on the meter to the yellow line that's your release point exactly and then you're you know you're pushing up and if you push up faster the ball's going to get thrown harder that kind of thing so that's part of what i liked about it the velocity was included there 
there's so much there's so much more finite control this way and there's so many ways to correct errors that you might have made and that's what i really like about it yeah typically in baseball games and i think this is just me i'm not into the pitching i want to get to the batting yeah. <laughs> you know i like the field like everybody else so yeah and, and here i was actually enjoying the pitching you know yeah. i was taking time uh, with the strategy just because the new gameplay and with the analog control analog hitting that i'm not so sure about yet i yeah. i like it uh, but it, it was a lot more difficult as far as, and you, I think you said it well, you got to kind of know the stances, know the batters and how they, what their swings are like in order, yeah. in order to truly, I think, take advantage of the hitting mechanic with the analog controls. Well, that's the thing. Uh, this is not just, you know, load up and swing like a regular baseball game. Um, you have to know each player's actual hitting style. Mm-hmm. If they have a long stride, you need to load up, you know, sooner. Um, and it's all based on the real players. So I think the analog hitting is really there for the hardcore. I think, I think other people can be um, successful at it, but it's, it takes some time. It, it, I mean, it took, it took a, a number of games for people to get used to it, not just a couple of innings. Personally, I don't like it, but that's not to say that I, I know Adam right now because my review copy got to Wisconsin already. So Rock's been playing the game, and, and he actually told me yesterday, I actually like the analog hitting. Yeah, I think if given some time, it is something that you can really start to appreciate. Yeah. And the nice thing, you can go into the settings and use analog pitching and use the button hitting. Yep. You play however you want. You don't, it's all, it's yep. not all or nothing, analog or not. I mean, you set what, you use which one you want. And that was nice, it, and it probably took me two games before I even got a couple of hits. It took me a while to get a little used to the analog yep. hitting, analog pitching. Man, I was right in there in second inning. I was... Well, maybe third or fourth inning. <laughs> uh, fifth or sixth. Uh, <laughs> Got my arms around, hands around that pretty quickly. <clears throat> yeah, it's great. And, uh, you know, we'll do the full review next week, but and the, it's going to get a good one. Analog uh, base throws. That was yeah. new for me. So I like that, too. Just got to learn to preload. Preloading. Yeah. That seemed to be the key. Yeah. And then the animations that would, the fluid animation with the preload. Yeah, it definitely saves you time. You're going to get the ball off quicker and, and, uh, you know, but you got to worry about your accuracy, and that's when when you see that red ring around around the player. <laughs> I see what you did there. <clears throat> that means uh, that means your accuracy is going to be off, so you got to you got to pay attention to that as well. But yeah, I'm just going to tell you now, it's going to get a high score because it's everything MLB 10 was and better in every area. What did you think of the 3D? Oh, the 3D. Um, not what I expected. Yeah. You know, I thought the 3D, at least what I was looking for, was uh, the pitching. Or when you're batting, seeing the pitch come at you, you know, using the depth of the 3D to help understand when to swing. You know, because yeah. I'll be honest with you, in the prior MLB games, that's probably one of my weaknesses was hitting. You know, because I had a hard time judging where the ball was coming, how fast it was coming. And I was really looking for the 3D to help me with that. And that's not necessarily what I ended up liking about the 3D. I think what I liked about it the most was it's almost like sitting at a ball game behind home plate in the really good seat. You look out at the field, you see the depth of where the players are standing. Uh, it looked like an actual ball game from that perspective. It's yeah. very pretty graphically. That's the one thing I noticed most. It seemed a little bit more subtle than some of the other games we were playing. I appreciated that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's not stuff like coming out of the screen at you all the time. Yeah, no, and the, the ball isn't you know eight feet tall when it hit, when it gets up to the screen. <laughs> Whoa! Tommy, the sort of baseball or fly balls comes to mind. <laughs> well, now let's talk about uh, overly impressive 3D. 
and a game that I know you're hooked on already, Motorstorm Apocalypse. Oh, man, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Pacific Rift times 100? Holy shit. You know, I've seen the videos, you know, just like everybody else, but to sit down and actually see it in action, and I'm a Motorstorm honk. I like the series, so... And it was one of these games that I really had to get to get my hands on when we were here, and it took me a while because it was a lot of people would. Oh my you know, god! Somebody would sit down with that game, and three hours later, they're still sitting there. You know, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, uh, "Excuse me, can you hurry and get the hell off machine there?" But <laughs> my game. <laughs> when I finally did sit down with it, uh, the epic nature is is more than I expected. You know, the first level I played was the one with the hurricane. Oh my God! You know, is so that insane? We're sitting in San Francisco here for GDC, and the game th- thematically is in San Francisco as well. So there's a or it's based on San Francisco, loosely based, I think, on yeah. San Francisco. It's not actual, um, but here we're at a hurricane level. And what surprised me uh, it was really enjoyed actually was the fact that it wasn't just the the setting or the graphics. It, it played into the game. You know, so the hurricane is is ripping up parts of the street or sections of the environment as you're driving through it, um, and you're being pushed. You know, I chose the buggy in that yeah. race, one of the lighter vehicles, and I am being pushed all over the place by the wind. You know, so not only counting counter steering around turns, I'm counter steering against the wind yeah. as I'm going, and it just wow. It, I, it, graphically, the, it's amazing to look at. Also, the breeze flying everywhere. You've got. Uh, actual sections of the street all of a sudden like shoot straight up and create a wall. Uh, you've got buildings that start falling down around you. Um, waves crashing up against the wall and over the wall onto the onto the play field. Uh, insane. I mean, you could and and the new thing is where you can trigger events every now and then. And so if you have somebody in front of you and you're in a certain spot, you can like trigger a tornado. Yeah, or you can make a, a tower topple, kind of split second ish, but sort of. But they're not canned like you don't always know where it's going to be, and it has to be a certain situation. But the graphical leap that that game took compared to Pacific Rift, especially mm-hmm. uh, immense. I, I I can't believe what they've done with this game and night driving now. Oh yeah, which is crazy, <clears throat> like. The headlights actually work like they should and and illuminate what they should. I had a level where like building full buildings were falling, and like all of a sudden the street just like collapsed, like right in the middle of me driving all of a sudden boom, just fell out from under me, and you know there's one where you're driving through like train tubes and just it's so hard to describe it was so cool i mean i was sitting there going oh my god yeah i think it's the and the developer even said this it's it's sort of the setting yeah because you know, the last few games were in a very specific area and you're i think somewhat limited with what you can do with the with the uh the setting when you put yourself in those areas but here they were in you know uh, an area loosely based on san francisco but you know, not just the streets and the hills, but on the buildings, on the yeah. rooftops, through the train tunnels. You know, the hurricane level. You mentioned the split-second sort of uh, events that occur. Um, there, there was one spot in the hurricane level where a ship from sea was pushed all the way up, up onto the and road. Like, boom! Right in front of you, you're like, oh my god! Swerving out of the way of that. Yeah, and it's yeah. those events. Unlike split-second, aren't there to give you a competitive advantage? It's just di- different things happening in the environment. Yeah. You know, and then they'd slow slow down the screen a little bit. 
to show you what was going on. And then you, as it slowed down, what, it, what they were doing is they're revealing new areas for you to, to drive through. Yep. So if you're paying close attention, and it was especially apparent in 3D, you could see these little areas opening up, little shortcuts. Yep. And the, the, uh, the, the level, you know, as you're making your second or third lap, has different paths as you're going through. Yeah, that was, I, that was, I think, what Motorstorm is always supposed to be. And they really went all out with it. And the 3D actually enhances the game, in my opinion. Yeah, it looked very good in 3D. It's made for 3D, and it, it definitely helped with the depth perception of knowing where the corners were. And uh, But holy crap, even without 3D, it's so vibrant. It's so beautiful to look at. There's so much going on. I mean, it, it, it's so active that I I was so impressed. I, I Even, I mean, we, we saw a build at at PAX and we saw a really early build at E3 mm-hmm. and you just don't know what you're getting and all of a sudden you see this and this is like this polished insanity I I, I was totally blown away by that game yeah. totally blown away I love arcade racers fuck yeah this is right in my wheelhouse and holy shit is it a lot of fun yeah. we should mention too the some of the other things that we, we learned about the game the there's some sort of betting, I think, uh, when you're in the multiplayer. You have, yep. I don't know if it's chips or coins or money, or I don't quite remember what he was telling, but you basically can wager against rivals in, yep. before you race. And if you if you beat your rival after wagering against them, you get some you get more credit. If you lose, you lose more credit. So that was kind of neat, the whole... Uh, I, apparently, it really is creating some neat rivalries amongst uh, certain players. And they did invoke the Play Create Share moniker. Indeed. And uh, I didn't get to see exactly what they're going to do there, but they, you know, it's got some neat ideas lined up for adding more like Shit, I'm still playing through Pacific Rift. Not that I needed more legs on this game. No, it's no a shit. huge game. But they're going to give the players um, a level of control with the, with the levels. And it's not designing your own levels. It's different than that. I think it's doing like alternate... Um, rule sets or something maybe, or, yeah rule well it sounds like you could do game type changes where you could set it up for you know different uh, uh what am i looking for conditions and that kind of thing but he didn't really i think they're trying to keep that a little secret still yeah he didn't go into a lot of detail there uh the review codes i think are out in europe yeah so i mean i'm sure and i think was this a patch i think he was going to add later on with this extra uh Play create share. I think I'm it, thinking I think that, it might yeah, be. Yeah. yeah. So that, we have it on video. I don't know. Yeah. Go watch our home episode, which will be out soon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> put there's the a, pressure on now, you fuckers. Because there's a really good interview we got with the developer there. He was awesome. He was like the lead game designer or something. Yeah, and he really, really well spoken of the game. Yeah, he was great. The easiest interview I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say you do here? <laughs> Practically sitting on my lap was a little intimate interview, but yeah, it was pretty hot. I gotta say. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, yeah, I keep your eyes out for that one. Holy shit. Um, next. Well, I can talk a little about Silicon Fork because someone didn't decide not to show up yesterday. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm in San Francisco and I decided I might as well see a little bit of the city. Yeah, abandon me. <laughs> uh, so Silicon Four. Um, wow, it's back. It's actually back. Zipper's back. Uh, we get to see a little bit. They they talked about a new mode that they uh, announced that I actually should have put a post up this morning, but. We can't get connectivity here at this hotel. But, uh, and I'm going to get the name wrong, but it's like bomb run uh, or bomb defusal, basically. So what you basically have to do is one of your teammate is a bomb defuser. So he gets this really big, like, bomb squad suit. 
And he also has an automatic shotgun and uh, I think a grenade launcher. So in other words, he's kind of a badass. Um, but you have to basically protect him while he goes and tries to defuse three bombs on the on the on the uh, map. It, you definitely have to work as a team. And I found it very quickly the games journalists don't know how to work as a team. <laughs> and I also heard one idiot in because we all have Bluetooth headsets for it. I heard one idiot in my headset go, "I just don't know. I don't like how this is kind of offset. You know, the the aiming and everything." And I I even said right in the Bluetooth, I'm like. Have you ever played a SOCOM title, you fucking moron? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, God, I hate people sometimes. Uh, man, the graphics are awesome. It plays really well. You can shoot out of a window now. Great control. Um, really, seriously well done. And obviously, I'm not one of the SOCOM zealots. I'm not nitpicking every little thing but i'm telling you it really reminisced back to socom 2 for me really really solid and i I, i'm very very happy with it so far i'm hiccuping breakfast Mm. i know you played played some of it with the sharpshooter i saw it might maybe it was maybe it was the sharpshooter itself and then the comfort level having the uh, having the move controller at your hip might have been a different experience i did do that did you try that yeah i did do that uh the move controls are excellent the sharpshooter can suck it. <laughs> I can easily see using the sharpshooter for like an odd rail shooter, like a time crisis, yeah. uh, dead space extraction. I will not use that sharpshooter for a first person shooter. It's a comfort thing, though, is it right? You want to sit down for a couple hours and not have to but have that you're, thing up, you're making up these, on your shoulder. But you're making these broad movements right and left to turn the fucking screen. Yeah, true point. Whereas if you're pivoting on your hip, you're just pivoting. Mm-hmm. You're not moving your arm back and forth with this big wide motion. Um, also, I think the having the nav controller where it is, and you know, at the front under the end of the barrel is uncomfortable. <laughs> I was always looking down to see if I could hit a button. It's a neat peripheral, mm-hmm. and like I said, I easily could see using it for an Unreal shooter. I will not use it for a first-person shooter. I've tried. I've tried. I tried it with Killzone Three, and I tried it with SOCOM. I will not use it for that. Yeah, I think you're right. Probably better for light gun games or yeah. real shooter type games. Yeah, I no. With move, it's great. It's it's um, it's kills on three. It, you know, it works really well. I actually think it's a little bit tired than kills on three. Uh, their dead zones are a little bit different, so you have to get used to it. But um, I was I was very very accurate with it. It worked really well. Uh, it, it's not slapped on. I mean, they really thought out the, the move controls, and, and I'm very impressed. Uh, 3D, very unique take on 3D. Very subtle. Very well done. That one I might actually play all the way through in 3D. <laughs> Seriously. I, I think it's uh, because of its slower nature. Yeah. It's not this frantic action like Kills on 3. I could easily see myself going all the way through it in 3D. So. I wanted to ask you, too, before we, we stop talking about the move controls for SOCOM, the slower nature, Yeah. I think in theory, or at least in my mind, would, would oh. play well into the move control because yeah. it's a little bit more methodical. Yeah, you, know, you, you find a spot. You've got good cover. You pop out. You've got a little. I guess you've got a little bit more time to aim. It's a little yeah. less of an arcade kind of a quick sort of timing. Well, well one thing I noticed in Kills on Three is I think they kind of made some concessions. It knew you were using move controls, and it made some concessions. It seemed like the AI didn't react quite as fast. Yeah. You know that kind of thing. That's not the way it is in SOCOM. I didn't see a difference in the AI reaction or anything else. Um, now I just used move in single player. I don't know if I'd use it multiplayer again, but um, multiplayer, 
the new cover system is awesome. Like I could pop up over the top, I could move over to the side and pop over the, through the side. Um, it's really, really good. I I love the cover system that they put in this game. Um, yeah, the move controls. I didn't. Well, they didn't even have it really set up for us in multiplayer. Oh, they didn't. No, they did. They had the multiplayer all the way around the room, and then they had the single player up on the main screen in 3D because they had this huge like. Remember, what was that like a 65 inch Bravia? Oh, jeez, huge. Bigger. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah. So they were they were showing off the single player up there in 3D and move with the sharpshooter and everything. But um, I suppose it makes sense. You want to sit a bunch of people down, and give them a chance to get to play the game. You're not going to have them spend a half an hour yeah. using the controls just to sit down and play the game. So. Yeah. It was great that they <clears throat> afforded us like the over the, the three days. You know, they afforded us some time to play multiplayer with the testers and and. It was awesome that we got to do that because you really get a feel for how the multiplayer is in these games. And so come, they weren't holding back. They were, they were ruthless. <clears throat> Luckily, there were about three of us that knew what the fuck we were doing. Yeah, unlike unlike Ugh. Resistance Three, you know, we're sitting there. And I was owning. Oh my god, I was owning. I'm like, wait a minute. So this is my game. This is yeah. my. And then the, yeah. talking to the guys from Insomniac. And I think I, I picked up on this after a while. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Who are we playing against here? Is this testers? And, of course, it was testers. And they admitted to me that they were going easy on us. Yeah, they, were, they, were, they were told to go easy on everybody until 6 o'clock. And then 6 o'clock rolled around. All of a sudden, the wolf pack's walking around. One of them's got a shotgun. One of them's got a regular rifle. And one of them's got a sniper rifle. So if you just come around the corner, the guy with the shotgun's going to get you. If you're off in the distance, the guy with the sniper rifle's going to get you. If you walk into a room that's packed, the guy with the machine gun's going to go after you. So, Very good teamwork for those testers. Yeah, but I mowed them all down. Fuck them. Well, I remember your stats. You're like, what, 19-2, 19-2, 8 assists, you know, and then all of a sudden yeah. 6 o'clock hits, it's more like 10, eight eight. 10 7. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but the problem was also, and this doesn't make an excuse because they were really good. I oh, mean, yeah. obviously these people play this game every day. Yeah, they play all the time. But, like, everybody started not playing. So it ended up being four people in our room against all the testers. Yeah, which were eight. Eight, yeah. eight testers. So we're getting our asses whipped. But I loved it. I wanted to keep playing. We were playing this old dilapidated uh, prison. Oh, yeah. And the map was fucking awesome. And you're learning all the abilities and everything. And, man, it was cool. You could, like, lay down decoys. And you could, like, these holographic decoys. And they would show up on your map and everything. I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then they shut it off. I'm like, what? No. <laughs> yeah, I remember they did have to peel you out of there. Like, seriously, we're, I think they even turned the TV off as you were sitting there. Like, okay, I get it. I got to go. <laughs> Damn it. I get it. I have bad teeth. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so sucks. Anyway, so back to SOCOM. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I heard, like, from they had a community day not too long ago. And I was hearing, like, some people were saying, they like Call of Duty'd up the game. I didn't see that. I don't know what the fuck. The only thing I can think of is um, when I took out the uh, the demolition guy or the diffuser. When I took him out, I got this special ability to be able to call in like an airstrike. But it wasn't like Call of Duty where you go to an overhead map and you just call it in. Mm-hmm. You had to uh, sight in a laser sight and hold it for like ten seconds for it to come in. And it was devastating. It was pretty badass, actually. <laughs> but it wasn't like Call of Duty where you had kill streaks going on and perks and all that other crap. It it's got a weapons upgrade progression. It maybe that's what they're talking about because there's a progression going on for the weapons. Like you can upgrade your stuff, but it could be. It's not this wild ass. 
shit like black ops or anything. Or well, blobs. Yeah, and I think the media just, it's a shooter. It's a war shooter. They want, everybody wants to compare it to call of duty. It's like call of duty like this. It's not like call of duty like that. No. You know, it's, it's not a call of duty game at all. I mean, it's not, not yeah. even close. Kill zone's more of a call of duty game than, and that's not even close. You know, yeah. SOCOM is, it's a slow, it's, methodical, strategic shooter. It's not uh, anywhere near what call of duty is. Exactly. Which is more of a Twitch fest in my opinion, <sighs> at least for the multiplayer. It's, I hate journalists. Um, no, it was cool. I mean, like, the maps we played on, there was, like, a shipyard that was very complex. Like, you could get up on the ship. You could be over on the docks. There was, this, like, this catwalk on the right side that I kept covering because they kept walking over it. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to cover this catwalk. <laughs> I, th- I had, like, 20-some kills. I was just taking everybody out. But, um, you know, the weapons feel right. The sound is awesome this time i mean the very very authentic sounds for the weapons um and then uh uh we did this jungle map with a lot of over uh, you know like overgrowth and just uh, crazy uh visual effects where you're walking through the grass and everything and, and very tough to see like long distances mm-hmm. there's like this big temple in the middle and all the testers really like going up there a lot so i just kept heaving grenades into there and taking them out uh, and then the third map we played was like this very vertical map. It was uh, a couple of temples, but like bigger Mayan temple type thing. Oh, sure. Um, again, a lot of overgrown uh, vegetation and everything else. That map was crazy because there were like tunnels and everything underneath them. Or not really tunnels, but archways that you could walk on the ground underneath them. But then everybody was up on top too. So you were like, you'd have somebody shooting at you from the ground, like way, way down. And you like chuck a grenade down there and then take a guy out across. And <clears throat> I was I was talking to one of the uh, zipper guys though, because I go, oh, I see that your uh, QA testers think they're so big because they get into spawn camp, huh? They were trying to spawn camp. Really? Yeah. <laughs> there were two guys, so I just kept. I I would just go off to the right and I would wait for him and I just take him out every time. <laughs> I, 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 they weren't listening to us on the Bluetooth because I was like, take that bitch. <laughs> yeah. It was cool though. I'm I'm serious. It really reminded me of SOCOM too. I was really having a great time with it. So I'm I'm looking forward to getting my hands on that one and playing the hell out of it. You mentioned good game audio and good sounding weapons. The yeah. the one game I saw this week that in my opinion had the best, most realistic sounding weapons. Maybe it was the base boxes that were under oh my feet. Oh my god. But the, the, the sound effects in Battlefield three were amazing oh my god i have never been in iran or iraq and heard machine guns down the block but if if i were that's exactly how i think it would sound (laughs) off in the distance echoing oh man amazing sound effects of course they they built the room for the demonstration yeah so i i think you know it's gonna make it shine a hell of a lot more than it's probably going to do in your house i mean for christ's sake the floor was rumbling underneath our feet during explosions. <laughs> they had subwoofers and thumpers under there, like these things thumping the floor. And wow, that Frostbite <laughs> 2 engine. Well, the Frostbite engine already had like physics based audio, and the Frostbite 2, obviously, they've amped that up quite a bit. Um, like even the sniper shots, because they had surround sound set up there, mm-hmm. it was hurting my ears. I mean, but you would see the flash when they would show the sniper mm-hmm. you would see the flash and then a second later you would hear that piercing sound and you can hear you know all the all the rock crumbling around you um when he's shooting away parts of the wall and holy shit the ground we we watched uh 
a display where they had a earthquake going on as you were yeah. in the as you were fighting. Yeah, and the ground literally undulated. It, it was like <laughs> this wave underneath, like a water wave, but it was concrete, and it was all rendered, it w- or it was all in the engine. It wasn't like some pre-rendered thing. Just and and those visuals you guys were talking about, you know, the trailer that kind of teased some of the visuals. Yeah, that's gameplay. Because when it started out, they they showed us three sections of of a level. Yeah. And they're in the APC, and I'm like, "Oh, it's got to be pre-rendered." And then he starts moving the mouse around, and I looked at I looked at Joel, like, "Oh my god, that's the engine!" <laughs> I was like, "Oh." You were funny. Obviously, you're a big Battlefield fan, and all of our listeners know that. I was such a nerd. Like everybody's so quiet. I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" Yeah, the, the, it was so loud in that demonstration. Yeah. And above all of it, I could hear Glenn. <laughs> but even I, I felt it, man. I was, I was doing the honorary. You know, I'm not a PC gamer, and I never really have been, except for maybe way back in the day. Um, but shit, you know, I, man, I want, I want to play that on the PC because the lead platform. Holy crap, was that? That looked just amazing. It, you know, it. That's the next step. It's Rage and Battlefield Three. I mean, it, it's. I couldn't believe the fidelity. I mean, every little crack in the ground was clear and crisp. Every texture on every wall and every door looked real. Every That was just insane. I, I couldn't believe the graphic fidelity we saw. Yeah, I remember there was a scene where he went prone. And he's crawling yeah. across the ground. You can see the cracks in the pavement. You can see dirt on the, on the pavement. Yeah. Blood stains from prior shootings. Yeah, amazing level of, of detail. Uh yeah, I'm building a new PC for that game. <laughs> it's gonna be like two grand, but I don't care. I'm building a new PC for that game. We also saw uh, the free play, Battlefield yeah. free play was on very on cool play as well. I've got a beta invite for that, and I, I just haven't had time to play it. But I'm, when I get back, I'm gonna get into it. Uh, and that game comes out really soon, like in April. So uh, free to play Battlefield Two, basically. Yeah, for running off a browser, it looked pretty good. It looked great. Yeah. I don't know if it runs off a browser. I think it's like Battlefield Heroes where you just download it and it's microtransactions, that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. No, uh, very, very cool. And, man, it was great that that we got invited by EA. Yeah, thanks a lot, EA. That open bar and everything, too. Was pretty, <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was really cool. I mean, that was a, it was a big event. A lot of people were there. And, uh, yeah. you know, we were fortunate enough to see it because... Wow, I, I would have killed myself if I would have heard about it later. Like, oh, I was right there and I couldn't see it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, we had our, our buddy from Hip Hop Gamer standing standing behind us. Yeah, getting pictures with Jessica Chobot and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Vince Impella was there. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Infinity Ward or former, yeah. formerly. With, uh, what, are, what are they called now? I don't know. Respawn. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was badass. I oh my god, and it's cool because Rage is coming out too, so I can build a new rig, and I'm good with Rage, and I'm good with Battlefield Three. So I don't think I'm ever going to see you again. No, PS Nation will only be Joel and Josh from now on. <laughs> as soon as that game PC. comes out, we're gonna have- yeah. There, there was no talk about the uh, the console versions of Battlefield Three yet, obviously, but no. um, from what they're saying, they they really want to. They, they say the Frostbite engine is very scalable for it, and. Hopefully it'll be good. I'm sure it will be. Yeah, that was the most crowded event I think we attended as far as atten- media attention. Yeah. And it was, was the reveal. Yeah. It was the first time they showed gameplay. So I guess that makes sense. Which was cool. It was the actual gameplay. It wasn't just some pre- pre-rendered pre demo or pre-canned demo that was recorded. Mm-hmm. 
he went behind us and he was playing the game right behind us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, wow. Yeah, that was oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I'm not a PC gamer, and even I left that pretty impressed. Oh. What else did we see? So well, I'm going to go see The Darkness 2 today. That's right. Yeah, we had to reschedule that. Well, had Mike Patton showed up, I would have canceled every, oh, everything. Oh, we saw, um, yeah, we saw, uh, what did we see yesterday afternoon? Dead Island and... Dead Island and, um, shit. What was the other one? Shit, the pirate one. Arr, I'm Risen pirate. 2. Risen 2. Yes. So we we, yeah, we had a meeting, we saw Risen 2 first, and immediately I, I noticed the, the storyline. Yeah. The amount of detail they went into the, the backstory was just yeah. incredible. Like, and, yeah. and this city is here because of this, and this creature came, and I'm like, holy, you've really thought this out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then, then they start showing the, the game itself, and, and they showed a comparison from Risen 1, which wasn't on the PS3, no. to Risen 2, which will be, potentially. It's on next-gen platforms, quote-unquote, yeah. I believe. Yeah. <laughs> um, amazing step up. From, from the last Risen. And, and, and I'm not an RPG guy by any stretch. And I, I, w- I want to play this. It was pretty cool. Yeah, because you're, 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 a, you're a pirate. Or you're, you're, well, you're not a pirate. Yar. You're playing with pirates as part of the plot. Yar. So, yar. <laughs> yar, I'm not attractive. <laughs> uh, it just... It, uh, neat, neat RPG. And I'm not an RPG cool. guy, but obviously they've got some pedigree. I think they're the original creators of the Gothic uh, franchise, from what I understand trying to think of the name of that. Gothic or Gothica. I don't know. Something oh, like that. That was the name of the dev. But anyway. Well, Deep Silver. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Deep Silver. Uh, you know, they, they showed us some gameplay. They showed us, I mean, like he said, they showed us some comparison shots for the first one. Holy crap. I mean, it, it's night and day different. Yeah. Uh, really showing some nice texture work and really showing some nice lighting. Uh, shows a few of the enemies that you're going to be going up against. That spider was pretty funny with the grin on his face. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's interesting stuff. I mean, it's obviously pretty early, so we didn't get to see a lot of it. Uh, and then they pulled out Dead Island. Obviously, you know the trailer that set the internet on fi- on fire. And, and you know, it, it, it was. A, I'm not a zombie guy. I, I've made that very clear. I'm not a zombie guy. But honestly, I think I played Dead Island. I really do. Um, because it's not Left for Dead. No. It's not an RPG. It's an action RPG. Hybrid. Well, they call it a zombie slasher slash zombie action slasher, RPG action or RPG, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, you know, you play as four different characters throughout the game. Uh, co-op. There's co-op, online co-op. Yeah, and apparently and fully integrated. Yeah, so oh, it's four player co-op. Four player it? co-op. Yeah. You're you're playing through the campaign and seamlessly in and out. People are yeah. going to be joining you as as teammates. Um. It's kind of main storyline, but there's also kind of like quote unquote side missions uh, where you can like try to get parts for a car to repair it, and then you can use that car. Um, man, the graphics are good, They're insanely clean. Like I didn't expect it to look that good. No, me neither. And then the the blood, holy shit, the crimson, the the, the coagulated blood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very pretty to look at. Had a little bit of an RPG element going on. Uh, not too overt, kind of more it, in the background. Yeah, it reminded me a little bit of like uh, Elder Scrolls because it's all first person. But it, but unlike Elder Scrolls, 
it's more reactive. It's kind of like what your character's looking at sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the head stomp that they showed, and he's like stomping their heads open, which... Uh, yeah. That, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And, we were like, oh! And would crush the skull with his foot. I mean, a little yeah. bit more of a... More than a curb stomp. Yeah. <laughs> and then unlike unlike Dead... Uh, Rising. Not, Dead Rising, yeah. Unlike Dead Rising, because you could kind of see that maybe they were going that route, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can actually combine weapons, things like that. So they showed like uh, an electric knife, but they said it's not going to get crazy ridiculous, like having a lawnmower with a vacuum or something. Yeah. Um, but they showed some of that stuff. They showed like a sticky bomb with a knife, which was really cool because you know they throw the knife at the guy and it goes off like a grenade. That was really neat. But um, very impressive. I I showed up really not knowing what to expect because a trailer is a trailer. Yeah, you can do a great trailer for any piece of shit. Yes, yes, you can. But it was cool. I mean, the game is really the visuals are what really threw me. I mean, it's beautiful, and you can see forever. I mean, you can just see all the way out. Oh yeah, well you're on like a tropical island. Yeah, so it's like a resort island. Yeah, it's a different angle for a zombie game. Thank goodness, because good. Yeah, a lot of zombie games, especially of late, but they put you in a in a tropical setting. So you're like on a the a resort basically yeah. island, and all of a sudden shit hits the fan, and you're dealing with zombies. So you're looking at this crystal blue like Caribbean looking water, yeah. and you know and there's zombies flying around through that. So that, kind of a different angle that they're coming at there, and they want you to. You don't really know what's going on. I think the main protagonist is a, is a one-hit wonder rap star. Well, he's one of the four. We just—that's the only one we saw. Right. I think if you play single player, though, I think that's that's that, what, that was Fifty Cent right there. <laughs> Hit the jump, Fifty. Uh, sort of Gears of War esque with what he was. It was very vulgar. Yeah. The character. Take that, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was. It was. I mean, humorous. we were laughing at it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I, don't, I don't know what to say about that game. It's just. It's. I guess keep your eyes open because you'll you'll see more later, like we did, and it's yeah. it is a different take. But it's not triggered events like uh, like Left 4 Dead, and it's not hordes of enemies. At least the part we saw where you're just fighting hordes and hordes and hordes. Um, certain people on the island are immune to it; they've been bitten already, and they they haven't changed. They're immune to it, and they're trying to figure it out. But you know, you you had mentioned kind of the the parallels with The Walking Dead, where it's more about the people and and that kind of thing. So. Mm-hmm. You try to build a compound, and you, you basically get in this fenced-in compound, and, and you start setting up camp there, and you know food becomes more scarce. So you have to figure that out. But yeah, you just you go to these things, and you never know what to expect. And, and I was pleasantly surprised by that one. So it was cool. Yeah, game shows a lot of promise. Yeah, I think that's all we got, isn't it? Well, besides many really many good stories, that we can probably save. Oh the, my god, save for the next podcast. Yeah. Yeah, well, we got to see a lot of people. We got to see Mr. Jaffe. We got to see Stig, half in the bag, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we saw Stig. Uh, saw, I got to see Ed Boone geek out over him for a minute. Um, you know, all our friends at Sony were there, which was really cool to see everybody and, and got to, Joel finally got to meet a lot of people. Uh, saw our buddies, James Stevenson and Ernie Meyer. Um, saw Zaku, of course, showed up. Of course. He was hanging out. Yeah. Uh, homeboy from Gamer in Depth yeah, is there. Eric. Yep. Yeah, we hung out with Glass Walls. Kate, of course. Of course. Uh, Amanda Brockman came out for her birthday last night. Tester, so we got, season one. Yeah. Uh, amped from season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got her drunk. Yeah, you know, for me personally, it, it's uh, I've got the opportunity to talk to a lot of these people over the last year being on PS yeah. Nation. It was important to me, and I think GDC was a perfect venue for this. Yeah. Just to finally meet people face to face. 
shake their hands, get to know them a little bit. So next time yeah. I talk to them on the internet, I actually kind of know who I'm talking to. And <laughs> it was just kind of funny the whole week. I'm pointing people out to him like, oh, there's Chris Kohler. Oh, there's Nan Guy Kroll. There's Adam Sessler. There's boom, boom, boom. Yeah. It, it is weird here because it's such a smaller subset compared to E3 and you, we were seeing everybody. I'm like, oh, there's that guy. Oh, there's that guy. Oh, hey. Yeah, it really was the who's who of, of journalists that were here. And, and because it was more of an intimate setting, very relaxed. You know, I haven't been to E3, but I've heard right. enough to know that it's not relaxed. It's, <laughs> you're it's more utter, bump, 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 meeting, yeah. meeting, meeting. You're, you're cramming as chaos. much as you can. And there's so much to get to. You can't get to everything. Yeah. You know, we, we weren't attendees to GDC. We didn't have the pass. Obviously, <laughs> we didn't have badges. No, GDC is a game developers conference. It's more about networking sharing tools, software. Yep. It's it's not about us or me, or the media, um, but being near it, obviously the, the game companies are, are, are doing stuff for us in the, exactly. in the media. And it was it was very intimate. You know, just got to sit. And I, I mean, I played hours of a lot of these games that we're talking about. Yeah. So, so relaxed and just really appreciated the opportunity to, to meet people. Definitely. Had a really nice time. Yeah, and finally got to meet, meet Stan from Astro Gaming, and uh, oh, yeah. he's invited me over, because Joel's a band, and he made it. <laughs> <laughs> invited me over to uh, the Astro Studios, uh, or Astro's uh, offices, mm-hmm. and he's going to give me a little tour, and he's going to give us some review equipment. Yeah. So we're going to have some Astro Gaming headsets, to, uh, to, or at least one pair of headsets to try out and, uh, and review on the show for you guys. And uh, we've asked for wireless this time because I know a lot of people ask about wireless. Yeah, we get so many emails about gaming headsets. Yeah. You know, I'd say a couple a week. You know, and it's like, hey, at least. you know, we talked about that last week. But I think what people are trying to get at is they want, they, there's not a lot of information out there on headsets. True. You can True. get game reviews up the wazoo from every outlet under the sun. But try and find a review of a Turtle Beach headset or of a, yeah. you know, or comparisons. You know? Yeah, and really, Astro was the big, big holdout out of, out of any of them. I and mean, we, we've had a couple of review units from Turtle Beach. We've had some from Triton. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had some from Logitech. Uh, this is really Astro, but you know, Astro is considered kind of the really high end. So we definitely wanted to get a hold of them and see how how good they really are. And we got to use them a little bit for the Resistance Three thing. And yeah, we did. You know, first blush, really impressed. Very comfortable. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. wasn't a loud room, so I couldn't really tell the, the, the audio fidelity. True, true. We didn't really really get to mess with them. Very anything, comfortable. So. and Oh, my God, yeah. Make sure you grab me one. Uh, I'll, I'll see if I can stay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm bringing Amanda along. I'll, I'll let her schmooze them. Well, she ain't taking mine. I said it last <laughs> night, and I'm saying it again. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, shake your ass, Amanda. Kidding. <laughs> Kidding. You know, I can't. I can't think of what else to say right now. But you know, here we are sitting here, Friday morning after after <laughs> GDC. Red roof in. You know, eight nine in the morning here. Uh, out pretty late last night. Had a great time. So, Ooh, thank God your wife came came back to the hotel and slept and came over and picked us up. Oh, yeah, that wasn't. That was awesome. That helped. Yeah. yeah, that uh, having a sober driver was uh, very nice last night. But I'm sure as as time goes on, we're gonna we we got a lot of material. Our home episode, we have some very good footage in home upcoming. Yeah, I think our next two home episodes are gonna be all video from GDC. Actually, it's, it's good stuff though. Stuff, yeah. yeah, and it's actual gameplay that that people are gonna get to see from some of these games as well. Yeah. Oh, we forgot to mention. Uh, well, I'll mention it, but we're gonna have them on next week. But Slam Bolt Scrappers. Oh, of course. Um, you know, we've talked about that game so many times. Release date was the, announced. Yeah, and like in two weeks. 15th. 15th. Yes. Um, we're going to have those guys on the show next week, and we'll get to talk more about that game. But seriously, this game kicks ass. Yeah, you, it, you lined up a lot of good interviews for upcoming podcasts. Hey, well, yeah. Nice work. That's my job. Nice work. <laughs> yeah, that's my job. That's what I do. 
Yeah, we're going to have some cool stuff. We're going to have uh, somebody on for Infamous 2. We're going to have uh, James back on mm-hmm. a little bit later on to talk about Resistance 3 and, and uh, All for One. Um, obviously, we're going to try to get something for Uncharted 3 a little bit closer. You know, that's going to be a little while. Hopefully, some uh, MotorStorms coverage down the road, too. We will definitely have some more MotorStorm coverage, yeah. And uh, we got some cool stuff coming up. So, uh, really looking forward to pre E3 hijinks. I think we're going to have some fun stuff going on. But yeah. we'll, t- we'll talk to the folks from Firehose next week. And um, yeah, and, and I, we might even have Ariel back on. and for uh for pixel junk shooter too yeah we're not going to blow our gdc load on this one podcast yeah we are (laughs) (laughs) no we're keep this one stout and you're going to get a lot of coverage from us here in in video form and we get josh on the show next week i'm anxious to talk to him about what he saw back at home because we're we're here entrenched in it (laughs) we're here entrenched in it so uh, unlike you at home i didn't get i didn't get as much coverage as you did i was kind of focused in on certain things and I think after we get home and do some write-ups and stuff next week, we'll have more to, more to share, more to talk yeah. about. We'll remember some more things. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think we're going to wrap her up here, and holy shit, we went a long time. Go figure. You know, it's not yeah. unlike us to do that. Well, Josh isn't here, so we're not at three hours. <laughs> and I'm here, and so, you know. You never talk. No, <laughs> <laughs> no uh, very, very cool. Thanks to Sony for pretty much letting us hang out in that lounge the whole time. Yeah, definitely. Holy crap. I was there. I was there a lot. But um, yeah, thanks for everybody that we met. And I mean, we met a lot of new faces, made a lot of new friends. And uh, thanks in advance to Stan for getting us some review equipment for Astro. And we're really looking forward to checking those things out and and uh, hopefully getting all the information out to all of our listeners. Uh, and yeah, we'll have our home video up very soon. Very soon. And next week, back in the regular schedule, show will be out Thursday for a change. Yeah, no. I'm gonna edit this on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> That's ambition. Yeah, so sorry if the audio sucked. We don't know. It looks like it's all right, but there might be an echo. Who knows? Mm. But uh, we're we're ghetto this week, and uh, next week it'll be the three of us again, back to normal. Yeah, and hopefully I have my voice back. Yeah, just in time for you to lose it again at MG- yeah. MGC. Exactly. <laughs> oh, MidwestGamingClassic.com, yo. Yeah. You got to check it out. You got to come. And actually, we're gonna have slam bolt scrappers set up at MGC. Very good to hear. Yeah. yeah. So we'll have it up there. All right, let's get out of here. The normal shut, I don't even have it in front of me, but go to psnation.org. All of our contact info is there. Email us a podcast at psnation.org. Don't forget audiblepodcast.com slash psnation. Sign up for the 14-day free trial. Get a free book out of the deal. Help us out. And zazzle.com slash psnation. Twitter, Facebook, email. Twitter, Facebook, at psnation. If you can't find us, you suck. Exactly. (laughs) If you can't find us, then we don't care yeah. wait i don't know just don't just don't walk down crack row on your way to finding oh us oh my god <laughs> someone's gonna get raped up in here there's a, re- anyway. there's a reason why they call it the tenderloin district but I yeah don't know. yeah that's what we heard it was like the border of the tenderloin district i don't even want to know why it's called that no. all right kids we are out of here we'll talk to you next week Later. have a great one go play some games bye Adios. the closest i come to that kind of world is if i get drunk enough i can be dragged to karaoke Couple of applause, and then I got one guy. Oh, oh May third, two thousand four. Oh. <laughs> Karaoke is kind of like when you go to like Taco Bell at three in the morning. It's a fantastic idea when you come up with it, but immediately afterwards you're like, "Why did I do that? That was a mistake." I went to a karaoke bar once. They had a big sign on the wall, and it said. Videotape your karaoke moments. 
What a fantastic idea. <laughs> Not just for nostalgia, but also for when your friends and family need evidence for your alcoholic intervention. <laughs> I don't have a drinking problem. Oh, really? Let's go to the videotape. Does this look familiar? Mambo number five? Mm -hmm. Some of you are gonna wake up tomorrow going, a little bit of Monica. Fuck that comedian! Dick! one of my favorite things in the world to do. Get shitty songs stuck in people's heads. You should try it. It's like your own little form of terrorism. Like you're not blowing up buildings, but you can ruin someone's afternoon if you want. Just sneak up behind somebody they don't like and be like, if you like pina coladas, no! Not the pina colada song. With arms wide open. Worst song of all time. Do you guys know that song, My Humps, Black Eyed Peas? Black Eyed Peas are that band that every time you see them, you think you're watching an Old Navy commercial. <laughs> not a fan, not a fan. But if you like any of those songs, the Pina Colada song, Creed, whatever, good for you, no problem. I think people should be able to listen to whatever they want to, but I do think you shouldn't be allowed to vote. That's just my opinion. <laughs> This is our nation's capital. I think it's, you know, midterm elections are coming up. I think it's time we reanalyze this whole everybody gets to vote bullshit. Because not everybody in this country is the same, right? Like, you're you look like an educated young man. Did you go to college, sir? What did you study? Uh, international Affairs. International Affairs. Okay, you are like a smart person. You're the kind of person we want voting. Does it ever bother you that you have exactly the same amount of say as who gets to be president as someone who spent three hours voting Kelly Pickler into the semifinals? <laughs> You are the same. You probably don't even know who she is. That's why we want you voting. <laughs> Democracy, a fine idea, didn't work. Like, if you're, if you're convicted of a felony in most states in this country, you are not allowed to vote. I think if you own an Ashley Simpson CD, no vote for you. I think if you own an Ashley Simpson CD, they should post your picture on telephone poles like fucking Megan's Law. People should know about that shit. Or if you've seen any of the Fast and the Furious movies in the theater. That's right. Now I'm talking about if you're high on a Sunday morning and you just can't reach the remote control. That's okay. That's acceptable. But if you actually showered, shaved, got into your automobile, drove down to the multiplex, plopped down $11 and said, one for Tokyo Drift, please. We do not need you. <laughs> My theory.